What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of The Styles Files of 2019. Happy New Year. But one thing hasn't changed. I'm still your host, Alan Styles, and boy, it feels good to be back. So, we got a lot to get into. I know I say that basically every episode, but this time it's true. Uh, took a couple weeks off, just like I'm sure everybody else did. And I've been missing getting on the mic. So much has been going on. Uh, national championship. We got NFL playoffs going on. The NBA's heating up. Boogie's about to return for the Warriors. So I don't want to waste any more time. I got a good amount of stuff going on in my personal life that I want to share. You know, nothing too TMI, but, um, you know, just the good stuff. So let's not waste any time. But first... Let me say this. I got um I decided to do something you know in my mind I'm sitting here thinking about all the different things you hear when the new year starts, right? Uh you hear um you know all these different phrases every year, you know, people have uh, these resolutions and not even resolutions, just like words that they say, right? And um I'm kind of sick of it. You know, it's the same thing every single year. People have all these ideas that they want to do, you know, and this, that, and the third. And, you know, I decided for myself, you know, a lot of people are doing dry January. I'm doing the complete opposite, okay? I created a drinking game for everybody that just says these generic things every new year. And I want to share that drinking game with you. So let's get into it. Let's get it popping. So first, take a shot every time someone says, new year, new me. Really, Spencer, new year, new you. Well, it was the same you in 2016, the same you in 2017, and the same damn you in 2018. But yeah, I'm sure 2019 will be different. Cheers to you, Spence. Chug a beer when someone says, I'm all about positive energy this year. Like, this doesn't even make any sense. Can you imagine if people actually tried to be positive no matter what? Well, I really wanted that job, but I'm sure Sarah deserved it too. Sure, Connor left me for my best friend, but they sure do make a good couple. I mean, come on. People would lose their damn minds. Take a shot for me or chug a beer. Take a drink every time someone says, I'm focusing on myself this year. That's interesting, Brian, because I feel like you focused on yourself every year, which is why you've been single for the last five years. Maybe you need to focus on other dating platforms other than Tinder. Cheers to you, Bri. And lastly, take a shot when someone says, this year I'm getting the negative people out of my life. Okay, Sharon, now does this exclude your super negative boyfriend that you've been dating for the past three years, or is he the exception to the rule? Cheers to you, Sharon. Drink up, Share Bear. Okay, that is my drinking game to get the new year started. I had to get it going because, you know, once you get into the kind of the double digits, you know, everybody kind of wonders, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? For me, I think it's once you get to like January 10th. Once you get to the double digits, there's no more Happy New Year. We're just in 2019 even though a lot of people probably forget to write it down, which is also funny when you think about how technology has advanced. That was a big thing. And also just not being in school anymore. I remember when the new year would pass for about the first two months of the new year, I would keep on putting that previous year. But now, because 
nobody really writes anymore, A, and B, I'm not in school anymore. Nobody really has that problem. Everything gets automatically switched for you. So it's definitely a good look for me because I would probably still be putting 2017 or something crazy like that. Actually, when I wrote the drinking games, I had to restart everything because I ended with 2018. So I'm always a little late to the game, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Okay, something else really cool that I got to do this past week is, I don't know if everybody heard, but the national championship, Clemson versus Alabama, was at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, not San Francisco. Uh, but that's another subject. Um, so it was really cool. You know, somebody's trash is another man's treasure. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that great. I mean, the stadium looked full to me. I don't know if they ended up giving away tickets. Of course, I bought tickets too. I still got a great deal. Bought tickets a little too soon uh, in the week because I really just didn't realize the big issue with, you know, not having enough people that want to travel that far. So we got to benefit from that. Um, I took my nephew and my girlfriend and, you know, it was a great time. Uh, at least getting there, you know, we got on BART. If anybody from Oakland ever wants to get to Levi, I suggest, you know, don't, and maybe this is just new to me, but I thought we would have to go, you know, BART, then Caltrain, and then whatever that bus is after Caltrain, which sounded like a nightmare. So I did this old school thing that a lot of people don't do anymore. I looked at a map. So when I looked at the map, I saw that actually getting off at Fremont on BART would only be about a 15-minute drive to the stadium. Now, luckily for us, we end up getting there, and I guess they couldn't fill up a bus of these fans that bought these full packages, you know, that included BART, hotels, I'm sure, and flights. So once we get down there, we are expecting to have to call a Lyft or an Uber, and somebody just says, you know, oh, you can just go down there. And I'm like, is it free? And he's like, yeah. So we got on. So that was awesome. And I think the best thing about it was just the fact that situations like this can make you feel out of sorts or out of place in your own home, right? We were in Santa Clara, but I got on that bus and the first thing I heard was, go Tigers, go Tigers. And you know what the second thing I heard was? Roll Tide, roll damn Tide, roll Tide. I looked around, I was like, where am I? Where am I? I mean, it felt like we had just entered a vortex and got popped out in the South. It was crazy. You know what I mean? How, and then I felt so out of place. My name is Alan Styles. I felt so out of place. I had to change my name. And I started talking with a fake Southern accent. I was just like, my name is Kenneth Styles. Graduated Clemson University 2012. Like, I just, I could not sit there and say who I actually was. I did not really feel comfortable. You know what I mean? So it was a great experience. The only thing that was a negative, and you know with me, I always got to point out the negatives, is that leaving Levi Stadium was a joke. I mean, it was the worst situation you could ever dream of. Basically, you know, when you leave the stadium, and we left with like, Five minutes left in the game because Clemson smacked Alabama, uh, which I loved, of course. And when we're leaving, you know, you, you don't see any public transportation to get back to BART, which is fine. Then we're like, okay, the rideshare place. When they did the attendance at the stadium, it said 70,000. And when you think about it, of those 70,000, a good bit of them 
probably weren't from around here. So they had to use rideshare. You know what I mean? I can't see them trying to find some tr- public transportation to get back. So long story short, the place that was set up for the rideshare was a joke. You know what I mean? I mean, you could not get anything. So thinking I'm smart, I'm just like, all right, you know, and everyone, we've all done this before. You just keep walking, right? Just keep walking. You'll end up at a different area where, um, you know, you can just get picked up on your own. Yeah, it didn't happen like that. They blocked off the freeway exit so no Lyft, Uber, or any type of cars could get in. There was like one exit that some drivers were able to maneuver. Of course, our driver wasn't one of them. So we're there for about two hours. I'm sober at this point because I still got to go to work on Tuesday. Now we're stranded in Santa Clara. I ended up paying my little sister $100 to come pick us up. She lives in Concord. She drives an hour to pick us up. And of course, by the time she gets there, everything is normal. And I end up giving her an extra 50 bucks that I didn't really have to in the end. But hey, at least it went to my family. So the experience was great. Let's get into the actual game. Man, oh man. So coming into the game, everybody kept talking about, you know, Clemson has a great defensive line, but their corner, I heard someone say their corners were like bad. Like, you know, not even, oh, you know, their their corners just aren't as good as their defensive line. No, I heard they were bad. And you know what I saw? And I saw it live because I was there. Those corners were shutting those Alabama receivers down. Besides Judy, who got loose a couple times, They were clamping them up, man. They were really clamping them up. So I think that was really surprising. You know, I've been on on this show previously, and I said that I wasn't completely sold on Tua. I'd say that if the Raiders needed a quarterback, I probably wouldn't take him just because it wasn't the interception stuff to me. I just think that he gets injured too much. You know what I mean? Um, But then watching, watching that game, it was almost like you got to see who he really might be when you talk about system players and system quarterbacks when everything is rolling and everything goes the right way he's a baller and to see stuff not go the right way and he kind of imploded a little bit I heard someone joke on a radio show they were calling him Tua turn the ball over I mean like that is ridiculous and also very witty but you know it really is true he just was kind of lost out there on the flip side you got um, Trevor Lawrence, who everybody's calling Sunshine, obviously, from Remember the Titans. Look, they're they're down there in the Bible Belt. They probably call him Samson. And if you don't know who Samson is, read it in the Bible. But basically, Samson had really long hair. And once he got cut, he was nothing. But, he, he, but Trevor Lawrence still got long hair. And he is still balling, man. And what's crazy to me is, like, what, is, what, is, what are people feeding these kids nowadays? A true freshman at 6'6", like, I think they said he's, like, 225, 230, something like that. I mean, that is ridiculous. It's funny because when you're in school, right, like if you remember grade school and even high school, it's like you're in fifth grade, you're like, wow, the eighth graders look really big, you know? Then you get to eighth grade and you're like, oh, we're not so scary, you know, but fifth graders look really small. Then you get to like freshman year of high school, sophomore year of high school, you're like, wow, those eighth graders really look small, you know? Seniors look like grown men. Then you become a senior, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, we don't seem that big. And now freshmen look really small and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's not happening. If I saw that man right now, I'd be like, wow, these 
seniors really are big nowadays, you know, in high school. Now, and, and he's a freshman in college now. Like, that's a joke, man. He's got two more years to go there. And, of course, everybody is like, well, he should be able to go straight if he wants to, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's like, look, he is the exception to the rule. I think you can't open that can of worms because it would just lead so many people to think that they're ready and enter before they are. Does he deserve to maybe go straight because of injury and things like that? Sure, but again, this is like almost a once-in-a-lifetime thing or it doesn't come through that often. I've heard it was like him and like Jadavi and Clowney or like the one, especially like at the certain positions. So, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. And he's going to get his money. You know what I mean? Dabo Sweeney is a great coach. He's going to put him in the right situations. Uh, It is football. It is a dangerous game. But, you know, I think he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. One more thing. Kyler Murray watch. If anybody listened to my last episode, we had on um, a beat writer for the athletic, for the A's, Julian McWilliams, Temple alum, T for Temple U, all that good stuff. He was talking about Kyler Murray and how, Honestly, at the end of the day, football is his passion. He's just always been really good at baseball. And now, a couple weeks later, Kyler Murray is expected to declare for the draft. You know what would be some craziness? Like, the most petty thing ever. If the Raiders drafted Kyler Murray just to spite the A's. Like, I can almost see it now. Now, the Raiders, they don't need a new quarterback, per se. They need a whole new roster. But I could just see them doing it just to be petty, because they're not planning on winning for about five more years anyway. They got a bunch more drafts. Why not just see? Like, I'm telling you, I could definitely see that happening. Let's switch gears a little bit. I haven't talked about music in a while, so I wanted to start the year off right and start the year off by talking about five artists for 2019 that I've obviously listen to in 2018, but I'm really hoping they take that next step forward in this new year. And if you have listened to any of my suggestions in the past, these guys are still right up my alley. Obviously, like I said before, I have a type that I like to listen to. So here we go. First artist, in no particular order, obviously. First artist, Maurice Moore. Now I came about Maurice Moore just randomly on Spotify, and he is one of those kind of pure R&B guys that you don't hear too often. You know what I mean? Everybody kind of wants the trap soul, um, you know, kind of rap singing thing, which is fine. I like that too. But if you're looking for a straight R&B, like no auto-tune, nothing like that, check out Maurice Moore. He dropped a project this week. I believe it's called Destination Unknown. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses throughout the year. So that's number one. Number two, this guy named Dijon. Yes, D-I-J-O-N, just like the mustard. And I'm sure he gets that joke all the time, and I'm sure he's very tired of it. But, hey, what are you going to do? So this guy, look, I I know what you're going to think when I say this. I'm Take it with a grain of salt. He has the makings of a Frank Ocean, right? Like, I like to say that certain people are disciples of other people, right? Like, Kanye has a bunch of disciples. Drake has a bunch of disciples. I would, and I think now, um, Frank Ocean has a bunch of disciples. And I would say this guy, Dijon, is one of those disciples. When you think about kind of that unfinished music sound, you know what I mean? Uh, That is like, it just still kind of works because it just feels raw and pure. This guy really only has about five songs, I think, but they're all 
pretty fire, and I'm really hoping that he drops a full project this year. I will be looking out for it. Next, this guy's name is Joe Trufant. Close your eyes right now and imagine Drake and Post Malone had a baby. That baby would be Joe Trufant. He's got that kind of singing, wavy sound. Again, hasn't dropped a lot of music yet, but from what I've heard, I really like it, and I'm excited to see what happens next for him. Number four, I think I've talked about him. Actually, the last two I think I've talked about before, but, you know, this guy is starting to do the festival circuit now, so I'm really excited for that. I know he's dropping an album I believe it's either this month or in February. I know it's very early 2019. His name is Quinn XC and then II. So like two uppercase I's. It's Roman numerals for Quinn 92. I believe that was the year he was born, 1992. This guy, as we kind of move away from the winter vibe and get into the spring summer vibe, he's perfect, right? He's got like that airy voice and, you know, airy drums and things like that. Not necessarily like reggae, but like, Something very close to it. So he's putting out his sophomore album very soon. Like I said, he's doing the festival circuit. I'm really excited, and I really hope that this is the year that he kind of takes that next step. And lastly, another person that I'm pretty sure I've spoken about before, Luke Christopher. Now, Luke Christopher is what I would say one of those Drake disciples who he can sing, but he raps at the same time. I've been following this guy for a long time, man, and... I'm still waiting for him to really blow up. I think he probably needs to do some more features or things like that. But one thing he is doing that's really cool, which is why I put him on this list, is I think in about either September or October, in the fall, he started this thing where every Friday he just drops a song. So every week since like September or October, he has dropped a brand new song, which is incredibly impressive although it's incredibly hard to find the songs on Spotify. Like, I do kind of wish he just would create a project. Hopefully he does that when it's all said and done. So he said he's going to do that for a year. So he's still got a long ways to go, and he has not missed a week. And that in that, that in itself, when you talk about, like I said, sure, he might already have these songs recorded, and he's just dropping them week by week. But when you talk about consistency for your fans and people, you know, especially in this microwave society where every Friday people want to hear new music. It's pretty smart because every Friday he's at the top, you know, of my release radar. That's a uh, curated list on Spotify based on new releases for the artists that you follow. So I think it was a really smart idea out of him. So follow him as he continues to drop new music. Hopefully he puts them all together so I can get to them easily on Spotify. Okay. So, it's time for the NBA talk. Warriors watch. You know what it is. A lot has happened since we spoke last. Warriors continue to blow big leads in big games. I was kind of close to the cliff. My buddies had to talk me off of it. And it wasn't necessarily because of Boogie. They just think that they're figuring everything out. I think it's pretty simple. You know, I feel like Oracle can be a gift and a curse when you think about it. When you watch the Warrior games at Oracle, you know, it's rocking in there. As soon as a three is hit, everyone is freaking out. And the players feed off that. But then you look up, and there's two, three minutes left in the game, and they're only up six. 
when you would think that they were up by 15 and the Warriors, they ride the crowd and they want to they want to send the crowd into a frenzy. So then the last two minutes of the game, there's no offense. It's Steph, try to hit a dagger. KD, try to hit a dagger. Clay, try to hit a dagger. Then the other team starts playing with house money. They start shooting more loosely. Next thing you know, you got a tie game. That uh, a couple weeks back, that Trailblazers game, and more recently, that Rockets game, same game, same exact game. They did the same thing. Then they get to overtime. This is against the Rockets. Steph hits a three to put him up four with, again, two minutes left. He starts dancing in front of the Rockets bench. Like, homie, you guys are struggling against, sure, James Harden is going off, but half of the other players, I didn't even know who they were. I thought the House Jr. guy, I thought that was Eddie House's son. It's not. It's not. Then you got Gerald Green. I used to make a joke about Gerald Green that you should just only keep him for home games because he never shows up when they're on the road. And then you got Clint Capella, who's a baller, but that's it. And you're out here dancing, and then you get the L? That's a bad look. That's a very bad look, but that's what they do, man. It's the gift and curse of Oracle. I don't know what will happen when they move to the new arena. All I know is that's what I see. And you know what, fans? You're not absolved of all of this either. You start doing the warrior chant with two minutes left. What type of rookies are you? You know better than that. You should know better than that. If you're a season ticket holder, shame on you. The Warrior chant does not start until the W is in the bag. Up six with two minutes left, the way the Warriors left to blow leads is not in the bag, okay? Let us not forget, they were up 20 earlier that game, and they couldn't even hold that. So shame on you for making them think this one was a wrap. You know what you went home with? You spent 200 bucks on a ticket, and you went home with an L. Keep doing the Warriors chant. Good for you. Gosh. So now Boogie is targeting January 18th to return, right? I guess it's tentative. Could be a couple days before. Could be a couple days after. I don't really know what that means because I guess Steve Kerr came out and said he will start. So they're not going to do the thing where they kind of work him into Well, they're going to work him into it, but they do want him to start from the jump. So that'll be really interesting. What happens to Draymond? You know, Draymond has made his life off of, I'm the undersized center, but I'm gritty. You can't get by me, right? So now he's going to be guarding power forwards, you know, that some of them, you know, some of them are pretty lengthy and they can get up and down the floor and you got to guard threes. Draymond is a great defender, but this is just going to be different for him. So uh, especially with the, and and on offense as well, um, I guess Looney is a stereotypical center. Boogie is that just and some, right? He's just a really good version of that and a little bit of the new age center as well. So offensively, they should be okay. It'll just space the floor more, so that's a good thing. But defensively, I'm very interested to see how Draymond reacts to having to guard some smaller guys, even though he is smaller. He's just got a really interesting body type. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a tweener. So, We'll see what happens with all that. So, lastly, the one thing I didn't mention that I'm going to mention now that happened in my personal life that I alluded to to start the show is that I got a cat, or me and my girlfriend adopted a cat. Her name is Shasta. 
She is large and in charge. She is a month. She's a year and three months. She's already 10 pounds and she is a bundle of joy. But you know what? A lot has gone on these past couple of years. You know, things have kind of come to light. You know what I'm saying? You had people say no more slut shaming. You know what I mean? If you know, a girl wants to go out, have a good time, let her have a good time. Okay? That's fine. No more fat shaming. You know, don't make fun of somebody that's overweight. That's not funny, you know? Well, you know what I'm here to start today? There will be no more cat shaming on my watch, okay? No more cat shaming. I'm tired of the looks I get. People judge me now that I got a cat, and I'm a cat person. I've always been a cat person. I've been on this show before to talk about I don't have that gene that everybody else has for dogs where you walk by one and you just got to pet it and play with it. I don't have that for dogs. I have it for cats, though. So I'm tired of people cat shaming. Then everyone's like, oh, I'm allergic to cats. You're not allergic to cats. You're just scared and you're annoyed. You had one bad situation, if that, or you just don't like them. You know what I'm allergic to? I'm allergic to dogs that poop on the sidewalk, and I'm allergic to their owners that don't pick up their poop. You know, I saw one lady, she just picked up like two turds, and they were like four. It's like, you're already down there. Pick the rest up. That's what I'm allergic to. You know what I'm allergic to as well? I'm allergic to getting my face bitten at. That's what I'm allergic to. A dog tried to bite at my face. You know how many cats have tried to bite at my face? Zero. Zero cats have tried to bite my face, okay? And you know why that is? Because dogs, a lot of dogs, are racist. They're racist, and everybody knows it. They'll bark if you're black. They'll bark if you look a certain way. You know, at least cats are equal opportunists. They either hate all people or they hate no people, and they love everyone, okay? There's two things. They don't pick and choose like these racist dogs running around. But God forbid somebody love a cat. And also, everybody that has a cat is not a lonely, middle-aged woman that has five. Okay? I'm close to middle-aged, I think. But I'm not a woman. And I'm not lonely, at least to me. So enough with the cat shaming. Enough is enough. Please, if anybody wants to see what a real cat is go to my instagram you go to my personal instagram at a styles a-s-t-i-l-e-z and check it out okay this idea that all cats are a-holes no you know what happens we went to the adoption agency and we basically did a e-harmony for cats we said we want a cuddler that doesn't require too much attention because we're gone sometimes, but when we're here, wants to be all over us. You know what they got us? They got us what we asked for, okay? It's not that difficult. It's the same thing you do with the dog, all right? What happens is, and it's the same thing with dogs, is people get them from kittens. They think that, oh, I can just make, make it a certain way, and they're just not. And now, yeah, you're stuck with an a-hole kitty. But you also could be stuck with an a-hole dog. I see them all the time. Why do people pretend like they're no bad dogs? Why is that? Okay, that's my 2019 resolution. I'm starting a group for it. I'm starting a petition. There will be no more cat shaming. I'm going to hashtag, hashtag no cat shame. Okay, man. Wow, it feels good to be back. Thank you all for listening. 
as always and tell your friends about me if you haven't you've been listening to the styles files and until next time have a great weekend everybody be safe be well be wise peace